Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. This A's Cast download is brought to you by Link Soul. Go to linksoul.com and by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to nestbedding.com. From former A's outfielder. Here comes Katze. Here comes the relay. The slide. He's in there. Inside the park. Home run. Mark Katze. To A's manager. It's time for the manager show with Mark Katze. Presented by Nest Betting. The A's skipper sits down with Chris Townsend exclusively on A's cast. Visit nestbetting.com today. Here's Chris Townsend. Time now for the Mark Katze Show right here on A's Cast and A's Cast Live, brought to you by Nest Betting. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area, or you go to nestbetting.com for all your betting needs. You're talking about your bed, your pillows, your sheets. He sleeps on a Nest Betting bed. You're going to love it, too. It is the Mark Katze Show. How are you? It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a little while. We, uh, You had a vacation, I think. You were in... Maui again, probably on the beach somewhere. I wish. Can't we just do that? Like, can we take like multiple vacations during the season? Isn't that nice? Yeah, those four days of the All Star break. But uh, outside of that, that's about the extent of the vacation. So, I, on the way up today, MLB mm-hmm. Now is in New York for the Hall of Fame induction ceremony. The MLB Network, their their main show, MLB Now, and I saw our buddy Raleigh Fingers, Ace Hall of Famer, being interviewed, and it just got me thinking about you because they're talking about. Back in the day, you know, Raleigh would come in and he'd pitch two, three, sometimes even four innings out of the pen. But for the most part, with Catfish and Vida and Blue Moon and Ken Holtzman, and they had innings. I was thinking about for you, you really have to plan every single game that almost half of the game has to be covered by relievers. For a modern-day manager, what is that like? Yeah, you know, it, it can present its challenges. I think the biggest thing is that, uh, you know, you go into each night knowing which relievers you have available, knowing which relievers uh, match up well. Um, so there's with that information also comes that headache of, of, you know, going through these processes and spending that time uh, to really, you know, understand the game plan. And like you said, you know, back in the 80s and 90s, the starting pitchers would go, you know, seven innings, eight innings, um, and, and not think twice about a manager, not think twice about leaving them in there. Um, and then you had the three inning relievers, the closers that went in and came in in the seventh inning and finished the game seven, eight, nine. So, uh, the games transcended a little bit and, uh, and, you know, we have to evolve. And, and I think as a manager, that's, that's our job is to, um, do our best at, at, uh, utilizing these, you know, matchups and resources and, um, you know, they, guys don't throw as much anymore. Yeah. And something that I've learned through you and also through Bob Melvin 
is especially when I'm taking phone calls after the game and people are like, why didn't Kotze throw this guy? Well, there's sheets here on the desk that are going to tell you which guys are available, which guys are not. You don't come out to the media before the game to alert the other team and tell them, hey, this guy's not available. So only you know and Scott Emerson know and the front office knows. Fans are not going to know. Some some guys are just not available tonight. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, we get a workload sheet from uh, the sports performance group and our training staff that uh, dictates, you know, kind of their stress level, their workload. Um, you know, a guy could throw 20 pitches um, in a high leverage, you know, closing situation, and they're going to tack on a few more pitchers, pitches to that count, which, you know, it, it's fair because they're, they're going to be more stressful than if they're pitching in a down game or um, in a game that, that at, you know, in the fifth inning of a, a, a 9-2 game as opposed to the ninth inning of a 7-6 game when, when it's a safe situation. So, um, you know, it, it has changed a little bit. And I think, you know, last night was a prime example. You know, we had a reliever sick. We had a reliever not come to the field because he was throwing up. So we were short in the bullpen, but yes, we didn't want to announce that, right? Because Houston would have had an advantage. And so we managed the game the way we did last night. And, uh, you know, unfortunately we didn't win, but, um, you know, we were able to get through that game with two pitchers, which is kind of old school. We got six from our starter and three from our reliever. Yeah, I've liked what I've seen from Freddie Tarnock. You can see why the organization likes him. Big guy, big arm, and uh, definitely a future, whether he's relieving or starting, he's going to be a big part. Speaking of the illness, you know, when you're traveling together and buses and planes and clubhouses, you can have an illness run through, and you've kind of had that right now inside your clubhouse. Yeah, I think it's picked off about 10, 12 guys so far, and hopefully that's the end of it. But, um, you know, it, it's running this course through the clubhouse, and it's, uh, it, it seems to just be a 24-hour bug where guys come in and end up, you know, either vomiting or um, some form of a 24-hour flu, and, and they feel better the next day. So. Um, you know, we'll see. Hopefully this doesn't last uh, multiple weeks. J.P. Sears, I think if there's one player that has progressed, because, you know, we've talked about 97. We've talked about 98 when you came in with the Marlins, the ups, the downs, good streaks, bad streaks. If you have one player that has progressed throughout the season and keeps getting better, that would be J.P. Sears. Talk about what you've seen in his development. Yeah, I think for J.P., you know, we got him last year from the Yankees. Um, we, we threw him into different roles. He pitched out of the bullpen. I think he made a few starts, maybe, if I'm correct. And, um, you know, he was more of a fastball carry, kind of ride four-seam guy at the top of the zone, uh, threw his slider, um, and didn't, didn't necessarily have a ton of success. But uh, we saw some things that we liked about JP. He went in the offseason, worked on his slider, shaping the slider, um, to where now everything is called a sweeper, I guess. It's the yes. new pitch. But, um, and, and the last part of that process was getting him really to dive in and build his changeup and have confidence in the changeup. And I think we've seen that since April. Um, he's a different type of pitcher. He, can, he knows that location is, is uh, just as important or more important than, than having ride or carry to the fastball. He's been able to locate his fastball down and away to right-handed hitters. He's been able to keep him off balance with the changeup and the mix – so he's, uh, he's definitely um, one of the bright spots in that locker room uh, from the start of the season to where we are now. You know, you think about some of these young pitchers, and even though they may not be comfortable, there's certain pitches that, let's just face it, they're better with. And I think of 
you know, with Medina, his curveball, you look statistically, and scouts love his curveball coming up. He hadn't thrown it as much, but when he throws it, it's devastating. I think about Hogan Harris, his breaking balls have been hit hard, but fastball changeup has been a better combination, but they may not always be comfortable. So how do you kind of work with them going, I understand what you're comfortable with, but the numbers will show you're better when you throw these pitches. Yeah, we just have to keep, you know, meeting with them. We have to keep showing them the data. We have to keep driving at home that, you know, you've got to go out and establish this pitch or, you know, you're not going to have success. And the, when they hear that, I mean, it's, it's, you know, important for them to hear it first. And then secondly, if they're not making the adjustment, then the second message is hey, have fun in AAA, which isn't a great message. But, um, you know, we, we want to develop them. We want to get them better. We want to get them built up in their confidence of, of um, you know, utilizing the data and going out and, and executing a game plan. Yeah, that's kind of funny. Have fun at AAA. <laughs> that's, that's good. Uh, the young guys have come up. We talked about the energy that they originally brought. But then all of a sudden, welcome to the big leagues, and they're now going to start. They know who you are. They're watching and seeing what you're good at, what you're not good at. And you start to see some struggles. So what has it been like so far when you look at Gilloff and Soderstrom and their start here? Well, I think both these guys, if, if you're an avid A's fan and you're excited about the, the future and, and these young players and watching their growth and development, I think there's two things that stand out. Um, I should say one thing that stands out for each individual and for Tyler, um, you know, the, the league is exposing him on breaking balls or exposing him on soft uh, and aggressive hitting counts. So Tyler's going to have to make that adjustment. Um, you know, for Zach, I think you're seeing the league's trying to exploit the hole up top. Uh, fastballs with carry at the top of the zone. And uh, so he'll have to make that adjustment. And I think both of them, um, you know, are aware of, of, of kind of what's going on. We make them aware. We show them what's happening. Um, and now it's an, on them to really be able to make that adjustment. When you go back to the start of your career, once again, 97, 98, when did you realize, uh-oh, they've kind of figured me out and that you're now going to have to – they've made the adjustment to you. Now you got to make the adjustment to them. My, mine was initially my first 50 at-bats. I rolled over to second base probably 20 times and didn't understand how to hit a sinking fastball. Hadn't seen a good sinker throughout my college career. Everybody threw four seamers. If it would sink, it was, it was a running fastball. It didn't have depth. And so I had to make an adjustment when I went back and figure out how to hit a sinker. And, uh, and I did that and, and thus stayed in the big leagues in 98 and had success. Yeah, because that's a, the adjustment. You, they're always going to be making it. Well, you played, what, 17 years. They're always going to be making adjustments against you. Yeah, until the last year when I just couldn't hit a fastball because I was old and my bat speed was too slow. And so I was the, the cheating ba- to the, the fastball. The back wasn't. <laughs> getting beat by the breaking ball because you had to cheat to hit the fastball. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I get it. Um, but, yeah, the league is about adjustments. And, you know, our young guys are, are dealing with that, um, you know, when they get here. Uh, if they have immediate success and impact, I think you look at a guy like J.J. Blade. J.J.'s made a slight mechanical adjustment with yeah. his hands. He seems to be more direct to the baseball. He's not getting beat by the fastball the last few days. So uh, those are good signs. Cody Thomas is very interesting to me. Obviously, we look at his age. Uh, he's 28, but he's a guy that is a terrific athlete. You don't go to Oklahoma and play quarterback if you're not a terrific athlete. He can run. He's big. He's got a strong arm. So in terms of baseball years, he's still really young. Yeah. Age-wise, he's not. What do you think about him as a player? 
Well, I think Cody has a chance, a great opportunity here, um, you know, to, to show us that he belongs. And, you know, for Cody, I think getting this chance and taking advantage of it, even though it may be a limited opportunity, um, you know, as you said, he's 28. He could make something. And we look at Brett Rooker and what he's done. And, and I think Cody could be on those on that parallel path with, with Rook in terms of, you know, just showing up to the party a little late, but staying for a while. And uh, he has the tools, like you said. He has the athleticism that you look for, the size of a big leaguer. And uh, now it's just about taking advantage of the opportunity. Jacob Wilson, let's end on this. The first-round pick, I was really impressed. Just kind of like the size, 6'3", interesting size. Obviously, you played against his dad. You know his dad. Just what did you think of the first-round pick? You know, I, I think it's exciting. He should be close. He's polished. He's a college uh, player. Um, he comes from great pedigree, like you talked about. His dad was a great shortstop. I uh, loved his actions on the field. You know, the swing is um, different. Um, the load's different. The attack's different. But he puts the bat on the baseball. So, uh, you know, we'll, we'll follow him, obviously. And, and, and hopefully, you know, he gets off to a good start in his pro career and gets here sooner than later. Are you able to – were you able to sit down, really have a conversation with him? Because very similar – High pick, you were high pick, both two great college players, kind of like we want to see us sooner than later here at the big leagues. Yeah, I mean, we <clears throat> we sat in the office and uh, David Forrest was in here with us. And you know, the main message is like <clears throat> the difference between college baseball and professional baseball is the grind and the physicality and, and the uh, workload that you're going to have to take on where you're playing games every day. And in college, you don't play games every day. You play four games out of seven uh seven days and so you get a break you get a mental break and there's no mental break here you're going out and i mean the minor leagues have a day off which i guess is nice now on every monday so they can go you know get a blow but um you know i think that's the biggest adjustment for him and we're going to try to put some more size on him and, and make him a little more physical great stuff we'll talk to you next week all right sounds good that's the mark kotze show brought to you by <clears throat> nest betting go to nestbetting.com go to their locations in the bay area for all your betting needs, your mattress, your pillows, your sheets, you go to nestbedding.com. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.